Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Information Junkie. I am Arunima Srivastav and today I'm joined by... Ria, hi. Today we'll be talking about the beginning of the cosmos. In particular, two books that Neil deGrasse Tyson has written, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry and Astrophysics for Young People in a Hurry. So Ria, you read Astrophysics for Young People in a Hurry. What were your favorite things about the book? Well, one of my favorite things is that it was very comedic. It wasn't necessarily jokes. It was just keeping it light, quote unquote. I also liked that it was very chronological in the sense that the beginning was the beginning of any astronomer's knowledge. Also, he's very brief in the beginning, taking us to astrophysics kindergarten, but by the end, I feel like I graduated from university. Yeah, I really do love that metaphor because this book is meant to be an introduction, and I think he does that very well. Uh, I, I 100% agree that this book is funny, but not by adding, like, cheesy jokes or anything he does a very good job at like you said keeping the tone light yeah. funny i think it really 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 excited me to see how science can be represented in such a funny way like um it's normally associated with you know boring dense textbooks long calculus equations but he didn't make it seem extremely fun i really like the fact that like you said it is chronological yeah. and i think of course, if a story is not chronological, you can still gain like a lot of knowledge. What really, really, in like what really, really hooked me on was the fact that this book is not a dictionary. Like you're not gonna find a definition of five thousand terms, like astronomy-related terms. But if you ever need to reference something, it's very easy to find um, where you want to be at. So I think that was something that was really, really great. And he, like you said, he takes you through the basics and builds it up. I think if I had one complaint about this book, I'd say that he should do, like, continuing the theme of the joke. Astrophysics for people in a hurry and astrophysics for people who are not in a hurry. Like, not everyone has a train to catch, you know what I mean? But other than that, I I quite enjoyed the book. So I know that you read it on Kindle. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think about Kindle book versus paper books? Well, I don't know. Paper books, I... It's just paper books, I wouldn't really like to like to note and ruin the book by noting things down right so i note down in books a lot and especially science related books writing down on i like writing down on the actual book i don't know writing down on um on kindles is a lot more efficient you can just highlight it and then put in the note and with hardcovers i just feel bad ruining the very precious book. The Kindle is so efficient, you can just buy it off Amazon, download it, and boom, it's there. I don't have to wait for a book that I really want and then wait for Amazon to actually ship it. It's just very, I like the Kindle a lot more than a hardcover or just a normal book. Uh, What do you think? Okay, I 100% agree that Kindle is one of the best e-readers that you can find out there. Uh, much better than the Kobo or whatever, not because it's physically better, but because, like like you said, it, the ease of getting and everything. However, I disagree. I do not like typing up my notes when I'm reading a book in that I want to be able to scratch something quickly. And like you said, I'm a big believer in, like, not, you know, spoiling books. Like, if I get a book and you put a dog ear on it, like, no, 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 we don't do that. That being said, though, I generally mark up books as a PDF in, like, notability or good notes, depending on what I'm feeling. 
And that's how I make notes. Like, do you do you agree? Like, it's very important to. I'm not saying take lecture notes. Make some kind of notes to look back upon, because otherwise, what we read just goes away. On that note, one of my favorite YouTubers, Ali Abdal, he actually he has what he calls um, a system where he notes down anything that he's read about, an article, a book that he doesn't forget. And where does he store this? He stores it in Notion. Do you do something like this? I know you do it with the Kindle highlights, but anything else? Uh, no, I just use Kindle highlights. Hmm, I think, I think, yeah, I don't like, I think I should, but I don't particularly, um, you know, write long form notes about anything. Like I don't have any documents. I think that would be useful, but I, don't, I just don't do it. Okay. I know that you read it as uh, obviously an ebook, but I I actually heard it as an audiobook. What what are your thoughts on audiobooks and for like audiobooks for young people? From my perspective, I do not like audiobooks. I just okay. feel like with even as I said, I would prefer Kindles, but even with a normal paper book, I it's a lot more free as in you can be at your own pace with the book. With an audiobook, I might not like, understand something that he says, and I'd, if I'm listening to an audiobook, I'd have to go back and then understand that. I just feel like with the book, I can take my own time, and no one's telling me to, oh, you don't understand this. Now go back 15 seconds. Okay, look, I'm going to be honest. Like, I listened to it at double speed, and I thought that was great. I just found that so much more efficient than anything else. So I, I'm I'm really, really an advocate for uh, audiobooks. But for this particular book, I did listen to the audiobook and have the PDF version. I think speed reading in like a lot of inverted commas is applicable for me when I listen to it very fast. So I thought that was that was very good. Um, but I feel like reading is all about knowledge, of course. And things like that but it's also good to actually read something like audiobooks i don't really read on listen to audiobooks because it isn't reading it's listening and it's it is gaining knowledge but it's not gaining knowledge in from reading a book it's from listening to a book and i just feel like there's a difference yeah perhaps i think the correct way is reading the book uh, i would the book would I wouldn't say the correct way, but I think that's why a lot of people do not listen to audiobooks because they like that form factor. For me, though, I'm very happy with an audiobook. I'm super happy, love it. In fact, for me, it just helps, uh, especially given the fact that Neil deGrasse Tyson is the one narrating all of this. I, I especially enjoyed it. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson narrating it. Yeah, okay, I might listen to the audiobook. Um, okay, so I think in particular, like given the fact that we now have so much free time, I think reading a book is perfect. Uh, reading this book is, is like, great. What do you think about using, like, recommended readings for for young people, you know? Like, asking teachers to recommend them. What do you think of, of this book as a learning tool? Oh, well, I just think that compared to my science class, yeah, science is having a teacher in front of you. You can, there's obviously a lot more, I don't know, would you say freedom? Yeah. I think I agree. Yeah, it's just, but reading the, reading a book, it's a lot more, like, I feel like when you finish it, it wasn't forced down your throat. Because, hmm. like, a class is like, oh, I have to listen to this class. Oh, I'm so bored. Oh, I finished the test. Now I'm finally, it, I'm, I'm glad it's done with. Yeah. But, like, a book is just, 
by the end of it, you know so much. And that was because of yourself and your choice to pick up the book and actually read it and spend time on it. And I feel like the the happiness that you feel once you're done reading it and the sense of accomplishment is really, really amazing. Yeah, I think um, the fact that you've gone out of the way to find out something is is much yeah. more beneficial to you than having uh, having it given to you as a form of a lecture. Well, I would call that like a little bit of spoon feeding. That's why recommended reading for uh, young teenagers or teenagers even is so, so good. I think that, okay, so I recently read about a movement called, um, well, it's not a movement really, and doesn't have a name per se, but it's making education accessible, right? That's something we really focus on. We want to educate as many people as possible, right? Because that's good for the future. So listeners, uh, there's there's two kind of platforms that I'm aware of. One of them is OpenStax, run by none other than Bill Gates and Melinda Gates, um, that makes textbooks like completely available. I'm talking like college level textbooks because like we know, college textbooks can be very expensive. But on a more relevant note to you, perhaps, Rhea, Khan Academy offers many, many courses for younger people. What do you think of that? I just... I, I know a school around our area that uses Khan Academy a lot, and I just feel like it's a lot, uh, you know, it's like the difference between listening to an audiobook and reading an actual book. The audiobook, it's, it's like speed reading, and you don't really have time to pause and everything. It's like when your history teacher tells you, oh, I'm going to give you this um, clip, you have to quickly make notes, and you'll miss a note. But having... Khan Academy and having books, but now in this case Khan Academy, it's at your own pace. And if you don't understand something uh, at school with this website, you can go back home, log into the website and have school at home. And I feel like though um, the people in that school who are doing remote learning uh, or in-school learning is very, are very lucky because you can just bring your computer home your school yeah home. i think i think honestly in my opinion Khan academy is one of the best things ever to happen yeah. uh this is okay this is really not sponsored by Khan academy <laughs> i really just do like Khan academy interestingly i was um on discord there's a server called beyond the five and they offer a selection of ap classes and like college level classes that are all self-paced and stuff and i thought that was super interesting like it's made by students for students so if any of you want to have a look at college level courses, A level course, uh, sorry, not A level, AP courses, I think that's a great thing to check out. Again, not sponsored, not affiliated, um, but I just thought that was something that was really cool. Do you have any complaints with the book? Like something you didn't enjoy per se? Um, well, I don't know. I just when I was expect when I was gonna read this book, I was expecting a lot of maths i was expecting a lot of calculations and i was expecting i don't know a lot more depth i know that we did say it goes into depth but i was looking for i don't know the maths of physics Hmm. the science yeah like i i was looking for that and i just i didn't get it so as you said yeah i'd like a book for people who are not in a hurry and really want to sit down and learn astrophysics yeah so that they can enroll into nasa and maybe get a job i think i think um obviously optimistic hopefully nasa uh, <laughs> um, hires people <laughs> soon 
But what I agree is that Stephen Hawking does something similar. Like he writes um, uh, along with other people books for younger people, and then he goes into depth with a, uh, a brief history of time and things like that. So yeah, I think that's one of one of my complaints as well. I, I really, really would have liked to sit down. But again, this is not a book that does that. So maybe it's wrong to expect that. Um, that being said, though, Neil deGrasse Tyson has so many books on offer. Like it's it's wonderful to see. So Neil deGrasse Tyson is actually what you call a science communicator. So if you're not aware, uh, science communicators are are people who take big, complex ideas, make them accessible to the public. Um, What do you think of such a kind of a job? I feel like science communicators are really, there should be more. Mm, Yeah. I feel like they, I don't know, that's a hard question. It's just science communicators are really, you feel like that they know they're just trying to communicate that little knowledge of science that they have but you see that they have so much knowledge, Potential knowledge yeah. yeah about it and they're just trying to spread they're just trying to spread awareness yeah i think um like we talked about you know how making education accessible i think that's something that they're really trying to do and like we've talked about like education is the first step to allowing people for a better future um, so again, I'm going to bring in a YouTuber that I really, really follow. He's called Simon. I think his name is Simon Clark, but I'm forgetting the name of his channel. I think it's Simon of physics or something like that, but he's done, um, an undergrad and a PhD in the fields of physics. He, he's done it on more atmosphere stuff, but he, uh, calls himself a science communicator. And I think I 100% agree. He makes great videos that aim to bring concepts down to, um, levels that people can understand similarly like crash scores you've heard of crash scores right i think that's amazing uh and i know crash course is a lot more like production based like that their quality their videos are of such high quality but they do the same thing they make so many things available to you yeah another thing about science communicators is not just as i said they spread awareness that was like an understatement they give as you said, a lot of knowledge to people. Yeah. And that's, sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't need that knowledge. It's just a little thing. But you find it so interesting, and that could be your job in the future. Mm. And if you just avoided that, and if that science communicator was not out there to teach you that, you could have, like, lost a really big opportunity in your life. And it's a lot of pe- pe- yeah, people find it really interesting. And I find it interesting, and it's really cool and without science communicators i wouldn't know anything about science hmm, yeah from my teachers which yeah. some of them could just make it boring and i could think the class is boring but with, yeah with these people actually making it fun i i started to like science and that's probably the case for so many other people yeah i think i, I agree so i think that not only science communicators but communicators in general so like there's vox that does it with politics like Vox Borders um what do you think about the idea of being a jack of all trades master of none you know like having little bits of information from everywhere because these what that's what these science communicators or communicators of any kind of knowledge are trying to do right what do you what do you think of that concept well the first thing I think about kind of like this game we play called word association I think of my uncle and he's for a long time, I thought that he was this really awesome, smart guy. But in the beginning, like, I just found out that he just 
I just asked a lot of dumb questions. I mean, he said that a little bit of knowledge, but from a variety of sources, yeah. and sources can get you so far and it can make you seem like you know so many things and you could go into depth. Yeah. But it's just, it's like, if you have the whole alphabet as topics of knowledge yeah. or whatever, and if I ask you about C, and if you know a little bit, that could take you so far. Yeah, I think in today's day and world, it's, it's very important to be conversant in everything. So I suppose you don't got to know a lot about it, but something might pique your interest. Okay, so I like to call this segment, listeners, the fun part. Where, of course, we, we finished talking about our science stuff, but we, we'll move on to uh, some interesting pop culture stuff. So, what is or who is your current favorite artist or current favorite song? Well, I actually like Disney mm, songs. Yeah. I just, I don't really have, there's so much variety in the music industry and everything. And I find it hard to choose one artist. So if I was going to choose it, choose one, I would choose Disney because there's so much variety and it is kind of one artist, even though many people wrote it, many different people wrote it. And it's just, there's a lot of sad music for my sad times and happy music for happy times. And yeah, I just like that kind of thing. But you're one of those people who just like one artist. And I mean... You just eventually move on. Like one time it was Halsey. No, 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 no. I, I would say I would say I have um, top three favorite artists. So, oh, now top three. Yeah, so Halsey and Sabrina Carpenter will always be there. Um, but the you third one, on. no, but the third one kind of changes. Um, on days it's K-pop, so I'm talking BTS, GOT7. On on days it's Choice uh, Vaughn, uh, no Sean Mendes. The likes, um, so yeah, that's that's that. Uh, but currently, I think my favorite song would be um, I'm I'm re-listening to Halsey's, I'm re-listening to Halsey's um, Badlands, like not not Badlands, sorry, uh, her Romeo and Juliet esque uh, album called Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, and I am loving it. Like I am 100% loving it. I think uh, listeners, if you don't want to hear me rant about Halsey for the next minute or so like you can skip this please but I think her so she's made two concept albums and they're both amazing listeners we have come to the end of this week's episode please 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 follow our channel at the information junkie on instagram we will post content and updates there uh you can listen to this at at both um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please, please subscribe and leave a comment. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you'd like us to improve. Um, And it really helps uh, us to see what you want. Uh, Until then, we'll see you. (laughs) 